Hello, and welcome to the Angelic Healing Podcast. In this space, myself or members of my North American team want to talk about all sorts of different topics, such as spirituality, gifts, healing, awakenings, and many, many more. I hope the time that you spend with us here, you find a little peace and harmony, and maybe even a few answers along the way. Thank you for being here. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Wherever you are or whenever you're listening, we hope you're having a wonderful day. And thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us today. Today, me and Emily are going to be talking about calling yourself out, you know, let's say the art form of calling yourself out. I think that when you get on a journey where you become really comfortable and honest with your relationship with self, something you have to get really, really good at is calling yourself out, being honest with yourself, and learning how to do that in a way that isn't self-destructive, that isn't self-demeaning, but is healthy and honest and genuine and not this negative self-talk that some people flag as productive, but it's really just a constant bombard at their own self-esteem. So I really wanted to dive into a bit of what that looks like today, um, the purpose of that and why it's so important to have balance when it comes to this art. So Emily, where does your mind take you first with this topic? Oh, so many places. (laughs) So I actually was thinking about this and it brought me back to an episode you and Daniel did last week about the victim mindset and, and really kind of everybody else's fault type of situation when it comes to ourselves and and the things that happen around us and to us and and everything and i feel like the the art form like you called it which i love of calling yourself out comes after that comes after you kind of come to this realization that okay this blaming everybody else and and not myself for the things that happen in my life or the things that i find unfair isn't working for me anymore and I have to find a different way. And I think the first part of that and in learning to call yourself out and learning what that means is some of the hardest kind of to navigate because for a long time we've probably been pointing fingers. We've probably been, you know, for lack of a better term, not speaking well to ourselves um, and learning to do that and and saying, oh, I didn't do great there and taking the words from super duper negative, like real bad to a more, uh, hey, girl, are you sure you wanted to do it like that? You know, I think that it's definitely like you said, a balance to try to find. And I think one of the first places that we need to start really is how do we go from being that negative voice in our head all the time, constantly dragging ourselves down to 
turning that into a more mindful approach, a more gentle approach, because I don't know about you, but I find it easier to do with other people than I do with myself. And and making that switch can be so tough. Mm. I think we often, I mean, we've talked about this before in different lights, but we often lose the sight for our own responsibility to take care of our feelings. And like you said, it's easy when it comes to other people to be like, well, I wouldn't talk to them like that. Or, you know, you know, a friend is, it's always so easy to reflect on this when you distance yourself and step out and go, would I do this to a friend? And, you know, our bestest of friends, someone that you dearly care for and love, if they're acting a little sideways or, you know, they are maybe making a decision you're unsure about or, you know, whatever it is, you're not going to like be like, uh, girl, are you dumb? Like, you're not going to come at them. You're not going to be like, oh, my God, you always do this. You're so stupid. And I mean, if you are, you're probably not being a very good friend. But, you know, odds are you don't speak to them that way. And so when it comes to how to start approaching this, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of individual folds to this umbrella. But I also think that through an awakening journey, through a healing journey, you know, whatever journey you're on or you're resonating with, you are inevitably getting things placed in your path that are starting to shine a light on certain things within yourself. And whether you're seeing mirrors in other people's behavior, whether you're starting to really cycle through past events in your life to reevaluate and reconsider, you're being faced with a choice. Do I want to change the way that I see these things about myself, the way that I see these events? Like you said, a lot of times the narrative that we tell ourselves really feeds into this voice, right? And it's not about getting to a place where you're always being hard on yourself and, you know, to so and so catch your failures. But do you want to get to an honest place with yourself, your intuition, your higher self, where you can sit down and say, I could have done that better. And it's it's not about beating up for the decisions you made, but being able to honestly sit and say, was there a better way to do that? Am I capable of doing that better thing? Do I need to seek more wisdom or knowledge to achieve the option of better um but getting there is really tough because like you said some so so many people have that really harsh negative inner voice so this is like one of those combination smacks (laughs) where like all of the paths of the healing journey kind of hit in one because there's so many things at play that all of a sudden become that allow you to become able to call yourself out if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not just one thing unfortunately yeah, that's so true. And I think sometimes we we get caught up in the mix and and don't really know where to go or where to start. But I think I think it's I think when we go on any journey, especially a self journey, I think sometimes we have the expectation with ourselves that it must happen overnight and it must happen all at once. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think we all have to learn is that that's just not how it works. You know, we say all the time, sometimes you can hear something for the first time and go, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to take it and run with it and you'll never need to hear it again. And then there's other things, especially things like negative self-talk or that victim kind of mindset where that's just been a habit for so long that it's going to take little tiny tweaks, little mindful tiny tweaks over time 
in order to really instill that new habit. And I think, you know, it might start with something like when we've been just so negative and and so harsh that it might just be from, hey, girl, you're so dumb. I can't believe you would do it like this. Why would you ever do that to, ah, I feel so dumb right now. Oh, wait, you know, maybe that's, yeah. you know, like he, it's slow. The manual compression is really important. And that brings up a really important part that I think is a, it's a nook and cranny of this conversation. But the reason why people are so committed to negative self-talk, let's just stop there for a minute. Because when people are struggling to see their own value, when people, for whatever reason, don't believe they have value, when people are really struggling with self-esteem and their role in this world and their place in this world, all very common feelings that happen on a healing or awakening journey. So if you resonate with some of those things, you're not alone. That is something that we all share in whatever way that fits into our own story. But a lot of people become committed to the negative self-talk because when they quote unquote screw up, it proves the narrative. If I think that, you know, I'm a piece of crap and I always ruin everything and nobody likes me and I don't deserve these good things in my life. And the second that I maybe do something, quote, I'm doing air quotes, but wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I see. Told you I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> I told you. And. Like, let's talk about calling out that behavior, because I think that's the first thing we have to learn how to call ourselves out for is like, that's not appropriate. And what we know about energy and what we know about the way that energy works in the body, that actually attributes to our lack of self-value. We are then incurring the cycle. That needs to be the first thing that we learn how to call out to then be able to have this, you know, honest relationship with self. Because if you're looking to find the crappiness of your behavior all the time i feel like i've overused that word but it's fine (laughs) um you're going to find it totally yeah because every time someone you know has a negative opinion of you you're gonna be like i knew it i'm a bad person Mm -hmm. um and then it feeds into like that self-fulfilling prophecy of like i don't deserve anything and i'm not gonna go anywhere Mm. i I I have a of a very strong dislike for that part of the process because mm-hmm. because you you get to that point right and you're like okay I have to understand that I wouldn't talk to a friend like this and I would never say that to another person but who I'm saying it to myself and I am making myself feel this way and so yeah I think you're right I think that is one of the first places that you have to go that's not going to work anymore and and not to interject, but, you know, even pushing past the reason of that, like, let's push into that for a second. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like themselves the way they like and love their friends. Right. Like that's that another, you know, reason behind the reason mm-hmm. is we're so comfortable speaking to ourselves that way because we don't have a likeness for ourselves. We don't have a foundation of love for ourselves. So who cares? Who cares if we beat up on ourselves all day? Because right. I don't owe you know, I owe my friends love. I owe my friends loyalty. I owe them kindness. But me, you know, me and myself, we're out of sorts, right? So I don't owe her anything. Um, and that's a really hard part, I think, too, of the conversation of calling yourself out, in my opinion, learning how to do that in a healthy way is an act of self-love. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And I, I think, too, part of that is also we sometimes we we say we need to work on this and then we get to the point where we're like, OK, we're <laughs> going to we're going to figure this out. Right. And then we start lying to ourselves. We're saying, hey, we're doing the work and we are calling ourselves out. But what we're doing is actually lying to ourselves and almost like satisfying the behavior and allowing it to continue <laughs> again, just perpetuates the same cycle around and around. There's so many moving parts. Yeah. I think one of the main things that always stands out to me with this is the ability to take accountability. Yeah. The, the okay, I can't, you know, I can't just sit here and point fingers forever because that's what I've been doing forever. So how do I change that? And where in my life can I take accountability and responsibility for the things that are happening? Where does my where does my part in this lie? Where does my own life where I am? Where is that? And how do I find it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's always like you said, it's easy to get the habitual, you know, not the habitual, but the behavior down of saying, well, I did the thing, you know, I were, you know, someone asks you, how's your month? And he goes, oh, my month was crazy. And uh, I, I learned a lot of things about myself. And I kind of realized I did all these things wrong. And like, here I am calling myself out, being honest. And then uh, that's it. Like, that's, that's the end. Like, I just told everyone, you know, I suck. And uh, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And I don't mean to make light of it, but so many people do this. They're like, oh, I'm really working on something. I'm really going through something. And they're just telling people that, you know, we've only done step one, which is identify maybe a behavior or room for improvement. Right. But, but it's what come after. It's what you said. Right. It's what the response is. It's what the accountability is. It's what the the choice is, because you know what? Even when you're in that early stages of only getting step one down of the wearing the I suck sachet uh, mm -hmm. to everyone, like uh, what a under construction, you know, sign on your shirt. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm feeling like in a jokey mood today, but um, you've only got that step. That's a great step. And I don't want to undervalue what it takes to learn to identify your own areas of self-improvement. But what can you do with that if that's all you're willing to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And you can't be under construction forever. I mean, you can, but there's going to be consequences for staying in that space. But the accountability part is the most vital because it is where people have the most power and is where things are most productive. And I think there's a lot of healing that happens in the accountability part of it as well. Um, because, you know, let's go back to the friend conversation, you know, we obviously talk about things all the time. We are good friends. Um, but when I say, oh, Emily, like, <laughs> I'm worried about you. Like, uh, are you good? Like, is this okay? And you may take a moment and have, like, you have every right to take, you know, five, 10 minutes or however long you want to and be defensive to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And go, well, I didn't see that. And you just pulled out something I wasn't seeing. And, you know, <laughs> you might have your own reaction to that. But that same sort of thing even happens with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, it's easier because there's distance for you to, you know, say you get super mad at me and you're right. like, rude. That was so rude. She doesn't understand what I'm <laughs> going through, you know, whatever. You know, I'm being dramatic, right? But you say all people say all these things as like a reactionary point if they're not ready to hear something. Mm -hmm. But then you have the ability 
and you yourself have the mindfulness to go take some space and go, well, Dana loves me. Like she would not say these things to hurt me. She would say these things out of love. She's my friend. She cares about me. And people do this with their, you know, their loved ones all the time, right? You go in and rationale. Why would they say that to me? Mm-hmm. And not everybody does that, but, you know, helpfully, <laughs> you rationale well, like, why would that upset me? Right. And or why would she risk upsetting me? Now, the trouble is, is sometimes we don't have that rationale with our own self. Mm. We don't have sometimes that like foundation to be like, well, I love myself and I care about myself and I wouldn't say these things like to not hurt myself because the truth is, is, is any of that true? You don't know yet because you're still in this journey of healing and love. So you're like, am I being self-destructive? Am I being honest? Am I being kind? Am I being nice? And so it is hard. It is really hard to then sit with that reaction of your own call-out behavior. But having to admit that we are the ones that are causing this self-destruction and we're being self-destructive is one of the toughest parts to get through because how could I be so unhappy with my life and unhappy with my decisions and my actions and the things that are happening around me and then also, you know, go forever like that and then get to the point where I go, this is on me. Like this, this is my I've been perpetuating this. And I'm sure many people can relate to that point where you get to and you're like, oh my gosh, I am the person who is going yeah. to take me down and <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's going to be me. And then when you finally admit that for the first time, even often you kind of take a step back from it and you're like, no, 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 can't be true. Can't be true. I don't want it. I couldn't. How could I hurt myself like this? And then this starts this whole other cycle that we've got going. But I I think that's the beginning, right, is is getting to the point where you can finally admit, hey, I'm going to take an honest look at my life. I'm going to not push away all of the things, the information that's coming in, because we can hear all of the call outs for ourselves in our head. We can totally hear it. Now, are we listening? Because that's the key. It's actually listening and being able to take it in and not judging it before we just kick it out of our minds because we don't want to hear it. Because we can do that all day long. No, thank you. Next, swipe left. No, not interested. And finally getting to the point of going, hey, I need to look. And then looking and then going, oh, this hurts. But... I want to change this. And that's in everybody's own time. Yeah. And I think that everyone needs someone, maybe not needs someone, but could use someone to remind them in that moment where you have that, you know, the skies open and the light shines down and you realize, oh, I've really prolonged my own suffering. Like I've, and then you see this in a whole different perspective. You need to like full halt stop, like just, just stop your brain from doing what it's about to do because the spiral is about to start. If you go like, oh my God, I didn't have to feel this way this whole time. It, it, I didn't have to be suffering. And the original cause, like the original trigger to this point might totally have not been your fault. But, you know, we talked about that last week, but the relationship you played with your own suffering, there is some accountability to take there. Mm. 
you want to then spiral where mm-hmm. people want to spiral yes. into all the negativity stuff we've been talking about so far. But that's the point where you're like, ah. and I knew it. I was the bad person. Like, that's <laughs> the key point where people are self-fulfilling prophecy right there. They're like, and my life is a disaster and it's all my fault. And that's what I've been telling myself secretly yeah. for years. And I just proved it to be true. So then a lot of people want to throw their hands up and go, well, I might as well just keep living in this world that I created because the, the scariness is, is the choice. Because the moment that you see that, all of a sudden you have a choice. Mm. And the hard part about the choice is, is if you make the choice to change, if you make the choice to be honest, if you make the choice to take that call out that you just got, because that's really calling out your own behavior, saying, all right, I did that. When you choose to take the healthy road of accountability with that, things are going to change and opportunity is going to open up for you. And the scary part about not holding yourself back is you have to risk what you're going to find out next. Mm. Now, when people are in their own space of just living in their patterns and behaviors, it's predictable. They know what's going to happen. They sort of feel it gives them a, you know, I'll say a false sense of control because I don't think it's real control. Um, But it gives someone this sense of control and security of I know what's going to happen. I know what to expect, especially for myself. So when you choose to change, that's when things get scary because you have no idea what's going to happen next. All of these roads of opportunity and growth and evolution and awakening and enlightenment are going to follow. And although in our minds, because we're on the other side of that, we're like, that sounds so exciting. In the midst of it, it's so scary to be like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Because I'm, I'm trusting myself. I'm loving myself. I really don't know what's going to happen. Things might get good for me. And then I might lose those things. You know, those then, then I have something to lose. Right now, I'm really comfortable in my in my own thoughts because I, I, I know them. Mm. Comfortable in my own predictability. Yeah. My own. Yeah. I know, exactly I know exactly what you're talking about because I think we all have a little bit of that fear of uh, stepping outside our comfort zone, especially when it comes to a journey like this, right? When we're, when we're actually, when we've made the decision to change, one of the hardest parts is actually doing the change. Like actually taking the steps to go, hmm, I need to do something different this time. And I, you know, if I had one piece of advice to really say, what do I do? Right. I think it's actually simpler than than people think it is. I think we we stop looking so far ahead at how many things are going to change because of this one thing and what is my goal 10 years from now? And what is my, what's going to happen if I do this and that? And just do one thing at a time, right? It's one decision at a time, not 15. And, and we, when we can do that, when we just look at the next decision, the next thing that we can do to make a change, to, to take accountability, because really calling yourself out is just taking accountability for the things that you've said, you've done, the choices that you've made, and just doing one thing at a time instead of trying to take on a giant pile of laundry and unmatched socks, trying to sort it all through, 
all at once because it's so much harder to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're heading towards wrap up time here um, for today's conversation. Anyways, this is one of the ones that I mean, it feeds in and out of everything we talk about is that you're completely right. We have to just focus on the, the right now, because if we, you know, calling yourself out and learning how to take accountability for your own behavior, look at every time you, you know, have this check yourself moment. It's not an opportunity to demean yourself. It's not an opportunity to criticize yourself. It's an opportunity to grow because even though it's really scary, the second you find fault or room for improvement in a behavior, there's an opportunity there. It's not, it's not like finding the weed in your garden. It's finding the empty space for something else to grow there. Um, so I think that's a perfect part to wrap up, actually. So we hope that we made you think and we hope that you have a beautiful day and we'll talk to you guys again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would like to take a minute and just thank you for your time here today in spending it with us. If you have further questions about the company, the things that we talk about, or what it is that we do, you're welcome to navigate to the main website at angelichealing.ca. You can connect directly with our socials, see my North American team's profiles, and look at some exciting topics that are still to come. You are also welcome to use the Contact Us tab to request topics for future episodes. I would love to hear from you guys. Until next time, take care.